When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. And this week's podcast is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win a fantastic signed Paolo Di Canio shirt for just £4.95 a ticket. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to enter. Only 99 tickets will be sold. So head on over there to be in with a chance. Lads, we've got a new sponsor, West Ham Lost at the weekend, which was a little bit frustrating. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, me and Tom were chatting before we came on the record and it was just depressing was the word Tom used. It was a little bit of a grim game, wasn't it? Not nice to watch whatsoever. Very, very attritional. Everton and Carlo Ancelotti supposed to be a football genius. They're supposed to be this new progressive side, but all it was is Sam Allardyce in a posh Italian suit, if you ask me. But let's just remind everyone of how things stand. Currently, as we record, Leicester City are drawing one all at halftime at Old Trafford. Hats off to Luke Thomas, by the way, for that opening goal. What a screamer. But before that Leicester Man United game, West Ham were fifth with three games to go in the Premier League. Five points behind Leicester, which will be six if they hold on for a draw at United. Six points behind third place Chelsea. One point ahead of Liverpool in sixth, who have a game in hand over us, albeit against Man United. Two points ahead of Spurs in seventh and just three ahead of Everton in eighth, who have also played a game less than we have. James, I'll go to you first. How do you feel about it? I've managed to catch up with Tom just before we come on air. It's the first fresh feelings I'm going to get from you, so tell me. Uh, Everton, 1-0, grim game, grim result. Well, I, I, I don't know really. I don't know how I feel really. I mean, I missed most of the game on, on Sunday. I was I was out with friends, uh, which was planned Sorry? before that. It was planned before the, the fixture was moved from the Saturday and the Sunday. They Sorry? wanted to go out on the Saturday and they said no. Uh, and I said, no, we have to go out on the Sunday because the game's on the Saturday. And then they moved it and I couldn't then move those, those plans. What do you mean you couldn't? Tom, hang on. I don't want to hear what you think about the game, Jonesy. This is almost as bad as the time you missed the Tottenham game because you had a rugby match that you were playing in. Tom, yeah. are you having that? Are you having that excuse? Well, I want you two to go at it. I'm just enjoying this. I'm sitting back and enjoying it, Will. The go for big, it. Biggest so, game in no, our history, no, basically. 
hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. So we were meeting at 12 and I thought, well, we're going for lunch. Um, let the kids have a little run about and then um, we'll, we'll quickly drive home. It's about a 45 minute drive from where we are. Drive home and I, I might miss the first five, 10 minutes at worst, but I'll catch most of the game. Um, and then just as we're finishing lunch, we've got plenty of time in the bank. And then suddenly they're like, and my friends are like, oh, there's a, there's a fun fair around the corner. It'd be great for the kids. Do you fancy going to that? And I thought, I can't, I can't say no. I genuinely can't say no. Um, because I'm the, I'd be the only one there that doesn't want to go. So I had to just agree with it. And I spent the rest of the afternoon looking at me watch. Um, and ended up getting hyped by the time I got home. I caught the last 15 minutes. Um, obviously, I was listening to it on the radio on the drive back. And um, I've seen the highlights. I've seen the goal. Uh, I've seen us at the post for the 400th time this season. Um, but by all accounts, we didn't play too badly. Um, and it was kind of like the story of a, several of our games this season where we played quite well, we've dominated possession, we've just lacked that that end product. And it's just weird where some games we, we're lethal in front of goal and we could score about 400 in one game. And, and there's games like that where we just can't can't hit the back of the net. But um, yeah, I apologise, Will, for, for offending you by, by spending the day out and about. But oh. um but yeah, it was just one of those things where I, I I planned around the fixture, and then the fixture went literally just turned around and stuck two things up at me. And went, nah, you, you ain't watching me. I'm moving. <laughs> I'm moving right where you've got things planned. So um, so yeah, frustrating, well, but I didn't miss much. You don't have to apologise to me, man. I'm just offended on behalf of the thousands of listeners who download the West Ham, the We Are West Ham podcast every week. One of their favourite podcasts, no doubt, for the cutting, scintillating analysis that they get from me, you, and Tom. And you've done them out of 33.3% of that this week. Well, that's, that's have the night and, off. Well, I mean, I, I was thinking, boys, I was going to say, guys, have the night off because I've, I've, I've wronged our, our listeners. But the, the main listeners I would like to apologise to, first first and foremost, is the first team, the players, because we know they listen, yeah, after Masuaku being, being, the, being the big one. So um, I apologise to, to the team for, for not tuning in with my support on Sunday, but um, I won't be missing a game for the rest of the season. That might, that might have made all the difference, Tom, mightn't it? That uh, little bit of James oh, support we were lacking. Yeah, that's why it was perhaps the most grim game of football I've watched in nine months. I'm absolutely astounded, James. Biggest game probably in our history, some were saying. But hey, what can you do? Tom, <laughs> me and you, of course, have got absolutely nowhere near the same amount of commitments as James, despite the fact that we're fully functioning adults. Our uh, our lives don't really have anywhere near as much responsibility as Jonesy's do we? So I assume, like me, you were stuck to it for a minute one, were you? Sadly, sadly, I was. <laughs> yeah. Wish you were out. I wouldn't say functioning. Yeah, exactly. I wish I had a kid in us out. But um, I'll go to the fun fair next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not functioning. By the way, I'll tell you that, guys. But um, yeah, mate, it, it was a. Uh, Josie's right in terms of what people said. We weren't terrible. We we weren't terrible. Moyes went for it. We played an attacking lineup. We clearly wanted to go and win that game and play with the courage we did at Burnley but you're right it didn't work they, they were good defensively they were a bit of a grim side to watch like you said they just relied on those two quality front men to make something happen and um sure enough they did it, it was a shame we were saying just before we came on that it felt from very early on it was one of those games we're not actually going to score things weren't breaking for us things were going against us the referee was a bit of a pain God, he was um, atrocious yeah, he was poor. Every little thing was just a bit like needly, wasn't it? They knew what they were doing. They're breaking up the game, and he was letting them get away with it, and that upset us. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a shame. It was a shame because to get such a big 
door left open yet again and yet again to to throw that away with what Leicester had come in. If we were two points behind them, you re- it would be tough to bet against us in that position. So it's a shame, and that's why it was so disappointing, really. But performance-wise, we played worse, so I can't I can't be too angry. Mm. Well, I'd just like to thank you, Tom, on behalf of uh, of our listeners for taking the time out of your busy schedule to watch the game so you're prepared for this for this podcast. Particularly Adelaide Hammer, I think, has made it quite clear in his glowing review that you're his favourite member of the podcast. So, uh, so bravo on that, lads. The only thing I would say is every single game from now until the end of the season is huge. We said that last week, and that hasn't really changed, has it, since last week? They're... It's still going to be the difference between a historic campaign, as we were saying, and, and just a really, really good one. Obviously, we have lost that. But if you pick up nine points from the 12, obviously, it just puts that little bit more pressure on the next game, would you say, James? Yeah, it does. Um, we're under a hell of a lot more pressure than we were this time last week. But um, I've almost come to terms with the fact that, that it's, it's not going to be the top four. Mm. It's, unfortunately, it's, it's not. Um, what I want us to avoid is is what happened in 15-16 where you lose two of your last three games where the two games where you should have won um, and it costs you a top four spot um, and you end up finishing seventh and I think we've already established over the last couple of weeks that seventh will be incredibly underwhelming you know we want to be finishing in the top six at the very least um, no that year we lost to Swansea and, and Stoke either side of that, that last game at Upton Park and um, had we won those two games we, we would have finished fourth um, and we just want to avoid that, you know, as long as we do our bit and win, win our last three games, then if it's not fourth, then at least we know we've, we've done our bit and um, done all we can. It's out of our hands now, the way I see it. And um, as long as it's top six, then then happy days. I think we, we can all look back and go, yeah, great season. Um, definitely a historic one. Yeah, totally agree. I think the problem is, Tom, before we get on to uh, the housekeeping, let everyone know what's coming up on the show, is the goal difference, isn't it? Ours is 10, plus 10. I mean, it's staggering for us to have a positive goal difference. But ours is plus 10. Liverpool below us is plus 18. Tottenham below them is plus 20. Leicester above us is plus 20. So we've basically got a point less than everyone around us, haven't we? Only Everton uh, have got a worse one than us on, on plus four. But depending how the how the results go, that's it's not you know beyond the realms of possibility that they catch up on us. Uh, that That's... That's one thing that's going to really hold us back, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's been a shame. Is whenever we've gone through and up in games, we've, we've seemed to have switched off for whatever reason. And we'll probably look back as that as another thing which has hampered us. But looking, I just had a look at results now. To lose three of our last four in the running when we had so much on the line, as much as they've been brilliant all season, that ain't good enough. That That's just simply not good enough for what we want, whatever part of the season. And when two of those are Everton and Newcastle, teams below you in the league, probably got to do the business it's not exactly been the toughest of runs it and it's a shame that we'll look back on it um knowing that we did sort of bottle the running but like i like jonesy's <laughs> top six will be unreal top top six will be brilliant but fingers crossed we do that because the pressure is is definitely definitely on now mm. yeah i'm not sure I, I don't know i'm not sure we've bottled it quite yet i know i know what you're saying i think if we get wins out of these last three then then i think you've got to say fair enough um, for free so wins far. from so yeah, far. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's it's on the way there, isn't it? But look, lads, we'll go into all that 
in a little bit more detail soon. Let's just do the housekeeping first. Yeah, first of all, I'll say we've got a new sponsor on the podcast, footballprizes.co.uk. As I said, you can win a, a signed Paolo Di Canio shirt if you head on over there at the moment. It's £4.95 a ticket. You can buy as many as you like and they only sell 99 of them. Um, and the draw for this week's one is being done on Friday. So uh, big thanks to to those guys who have uh, have uh, sponsoring the pod they'll be with us for a while so um yeah do go over there and check them out that is good news follow us on twitter as always at we are underscore west ham you can find out details about that draw on our twitter as well actually the football prizes one uh we are are on youtube the description to our youtube is in the podcast description as always we're on instagram as well so follow us on all the platforms that you fancy and don't forget you can buy us a beer and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham so what's coming up on the show tonight it's going to be a belter we're uh, coming towards the end of the season we're up in our game just as much as we want the team to we'll have some detailed everton reaction from me and the lads next up was it a grim game how many red cards should tom davies have had i made it about five craig dawson turned like a tank for their goal. But other than that, it was a pretty even game and a little bit of a blow. Manuel Lanzini getting injured. And lads, what I thought we might do just for a change is talk about Saeed Ben Rama and whether he should be in the team or not, just for something, a bit of a fresh topic because uh, I haven't seen much of it online and we haven't chatted about him that much on this podcast. So uh, that'd be good. I'm delighted to say that joining us again for part two for the big interview this week is Martin Allen, former West Ham star, of course, excellent media personality. We've had him on before. We know him from the old Love Sport radio day. So delighted to say that he's joining us. The Betway Charity Bets are back. No wins last week. Close again. Opposition view. Albion Analytics. Liam is joining us in part four to talk about that huge game against the Seagulls at the Amex Stadium. Our massive bogey team, eight o'clock on Saturday night. Tom Edwards is quiz master for name that game. He's got an extensive lead at the top of the leaderboard. It's pretty much me and James fighting out to avoid the wooden spoon at the bottom. Isabel Barker returns. She will be in tears after Fulham were relegated last night, but she's chatting about the West Ham women with us who escaped. Um, well, they, they escaped relegation in the WSL. They didn't escape defeat at Manchester City, but just one nil is a strange one where it almost felt like a victory. So a reasonable end to a weird WSL campaign for the girls. We'll chat to Isabel about that before we say good by for another week so boys uh, martin allen coming on soon which is absolutely fantastic tom I'll, I'll go to you first everton it was a grim game and i've said that i think probably four times and we're only eight minutes into the podcast i don't think we've played against such a defensive side this season i said it in the introduction but i thought they got rid of sam allardyce in order to play better football that was vintage like Serie A football from the 90s wasn't it just go one new up and then make it grim it's supposed to be this you know modern day one of the greatest managers on the planet and they nick one by playing a through ball down the channel behind the slowest defender the world has ever seen um, yeah. celebrate it like they won the World Cup and then just dug in and put 11 men behind the ball for the rest of the game yeah it was it was a bit dark age at the time particularly the way they broke up play but 
I think in a weird way you've got to credit them because they're, they're missing. They were missing James Rodriguez. They're missing Decore. They they can't play the way they probably want to. They're, they're missing some of their best players. They've got the two up through the middle and, and they played to their strengths, probably knowing that we really had to go for it if we if we were serious about top fours. So they could probably pick us off at one point. But you're right. It was it was a shame that they did that because we've been involved in some unbelievable games in recent weeks when teams have been opening up and in both ways that is for Arsenal game suited them as well and, we, and we've really gone for it so it was a shame and like we said the way they set up though credit to them because it did feel like it was one of those days we we were never going to score and as much as I hated it well I, I can't be too against them because we've done that plenty of times and, and I've been a happy man with that setup. Um, I don't I honestly don't think we've we've done it as grim as that though James have we because I, I it was honestly I mean maybe we have uh, under previous regimes perhaps certainly not this season it was just attritional garbage. United? Yeah, I mean, United we did away, didn't we? But um, obviously we didn't get the goal. But <laughs> Yeah, um, exactly. We did it before we'd scored. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't get the goal. Um, it was, we only opened up when we went 1-0 down. We kind of did it backwards, didn't we? But it's, it was the, it's the sort of setup that we kind of almost expected David Moyes to implement before he decided he was a managerial genius um and yeah it is disappointing it, but i can't really have a go at them because they came they came and did a job on us they, they knew exactly what they wanted to do as tom said they didn't have their you know probably their two best players um and they they knew that you know by staffing us and, and just digging in they it was going to cost us more than than them and you know they've they've gained three points on us with a game in hand yeah. And uh, they got the job done. If that was us going to Everton in the same scenario and putting the same performance in and coming away with all three points, I'd be delighted. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're so used to seeing exciting goals, goals, goals um, games over the last few weeks that, you know, it was almost come a bit of a surprise that it was just a 1 0 one-nil performance. But the fact is that we had enough chances to be able to, be able to stop that we didn't take them and that's been the story of a few of our games this season where we've just not taken enough chances yeah um, no. but yeah yeah I know what you mean mate so Tom on to West Ham's performance then I personally on Twitter afterwards it was quite vitriolic I don't think it was anywhere near as negative as people are saying against any team who you come up against uh, I don't particularly think there's any shame in losing to Everton. They're a good side. We got a result at their place. So to get three points out of six off of them in a season, I think is a good return against a team like that. Um, like I say, it was some real negativity after the game. I, I just don't think it was that bad. It was a grim game, which Everton were the one who imposed that that style of play on, which obviously they could afford to do after their goal. Vladimir Kufal hits the post and his side, Ben Rama had opened his eyes and to miss that or to score that sitter of a header. It's a completely different game and, you know, we could have easily nicked it. We have been wasteful with chances in recent weeks after a glut of scoring uh, three on the bounce three times or three goals in a game, three games in, on the bounce. Blimey, that was hard work. Jesus. Easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> God, goodness me. Um, yeah, but I think those. it was a game of very few chances. David Moyes made that point after the game and he was right. If anything, I'd argue we had we had two of the better ones. That Kufa one could easily have gone in, and Said Ben Rama has got to do better with that header. So, what do you make of our performance? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I thought um, I think this initial disappointment after the game wasn't against the way we played. To be fair, we kept the ball well. We went for it. We showed 
ability on a ball. We went through the phases like we did at Burnley and, and they were just deeper and defended better than Burnley did. And things didn't go our way. Like you said, I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of his, but he ha absolutely has to nail that header and score it. It's a huge chance. Anyone has to score that. That's the ideal for a winger coming at the back post, free header like that. It, it's your bread and butter. He has to score that. Um, Sue Fowles got in that position how many times this season and he's not known what to do, shoot or cross. He's been brilliant. There's not really a criticism of him. It's just the only part of his game where he looks like he has no composure and that's in there. I box. thought that was the right decision though, didn't you think? That was. You're just unlucky. Yeah, it was he? the right decision, but it's just his execution in the final third, um, apart from crossing, when he's actually mm. in on goal, has been left wanting a few times. But yeah, we were, we were class and I think four now has put in another brilliant performance. How good has he turned out this last few months he's been excellent and everything seems to go through him especially considering he moved into midfield at one point when Lanzini went off he was just superb and I think that's a huge plus for the last few months and I love the fact that he's risen to it and shown that, that how good he can be because he's finally been accepted university by West Ham fans and about time too but can't be too angry mate just one of those days really no, no. Well, I, I totally agree, and I think you know, there's a. It's important to maintain that that positive feeling uh, around the team. There's been plenty of times, you know, I've been one of the, the loudest moaning voices uh, at times like that. But I think, yeah, just we are where we are now. We've lost the game. Three games left. Just uh, heads up and go again. That's all we can do, lads. We've uh, obviously still got lots more to talk about uh, in the Everton game. But Martin Allen is on his way. He's on the line. He's waiting to dial in to get involved in this conversation. So what we'll do, our other points for Everton, we'll leave those for part two and we'll ask him to West Ham icon, Martin Allen, who's next. So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. Midway through the Everton reaction there, perhaps not quite as negative as uh, some fans are making out after the game. We've lost the game, but positivity is the way forward for the last three. I'm delighted to say that joining us again on the We Are West Ham podcast, just like he used to in the old Love Sport radio days in Southwark, is Martin Allen. Martin, it's wonderful to see you again. I notice you've got your claret and blue ensemble on just just like before, which we absolutely love. Everton, we were talking about. And we were saying, me and Tom, it wasn't quite as negative as lots of people were making out. It was a bit of an attritional, grim game to watch, which was well played by Everton, I guess. But what did you make of it? Um, I think it's right and fair uh, when you don't win a game for people to be disappointed. Um, because obviously that little uh, hope that we all had of Champions League football, which would have been amazing, I actually got my passport out. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would have been amazing. So there's bound to be some disappointment. But when you do sit back and you reflect on overall over the whole season with the size of the squad that we've got, it's been a remarkable achievement, a remarkable effort overall. But on the day, of course, you're disappointed. But with Everton, going back to them, they are very, very strong away from home. They're very difficult to break down. And uh, that centre-forward, Calvin Lewin, he is a good player. Well, and we were also discussing, see, our top four top four dreams. You know, they're still alive, but they're, they're, they're fading, particularly if Leicester get a result at Old Trafford tonight. Um, do, do, I'm of the belief that if we finish outside the top six, then it, it'll end up being a bit of an underwhelming season, although it's been a bit of a surprise for us to be up there and competing. Um do you see it the same way in that, you know, we, 
if it's not top four, it's got to be top six. Otherwise, it will end up being a bit of a disappointment either way. Well, you just said yourself you didn't expect to be in the top six. So why would it be underwhelming? I don't get that. When you set off at the start of the season, if someone would have said to you, um, or if you'd have said to somebody, oh, I think we'll finish in the top six, they would have thought that you were mad, not yeah. me. Yeah. So I don't think anyone could turn around and say it's underwhelming. It's been a magnificent season. We had some big injuries in big games just a couple of weeks ago to our best players. And if you don't have your best players playing, you don't win. We all know that. So um, it was tough for those couple of weeks because we were all excited, me included. But certainly not over- underwhelming. I mean, that's just um, ooh, stupid. <laughs> Looks funny, but Martin, <laughs> we're going to be talking at the start of the season. You'd have had to be at a Sunday afternoon barbecue with too many drinks and a few tequilas, saying, "Oh, I think we might get sixth And everybody <laughs> would have gone, "Throw, throw your beer on them, go home, mate." <laughs> You've had enough. <laughs> is Martin? Is there not an argument? I was just going to say, is there not an argument to say the position we got ourselves into that it would then be a disappointment? Not that it is a disappointment, but from being in such a strong position not to get it would then be a bit of a shame, for the players included. That's a different word. A shame. But underwhelmed and critical, no, I don't buy into that one. But when you've got Declan Rice out injured, who's, for me, for me, I think he's the best central midfield player in the Premier League at doing what he does. He's not a holding midfield player. He's not an attacking midfield player. He does both. He's a fantastic player. And then you add in Antonio, which, as we all know, he wins us games. He is um, he's a unique type of centre-forward. And then Dawson was out, I think, for a couple of games. And there was a couple of other players that were out. Um, and Creswell, at the crucial time, he was injured as well. There's, there's, so the top key players were missing when it came to those big games and you can't, you can't do anything about it. It's a manager. You, you know, you like the fans, you're open that they're going to get fit in you know, a Thursday morning in, in the physio room. But if they're not, you've got to get on with it. And invariably you don't win those big games when you miss those players. Tom, uh, Martin, sorry. The uh, few tackles flew in on the weekend that in your day would have been absolutely fine. No doubt about it at all. The nature of the football these days with the lawmakers and the way VARs being implemented, we've seen a lot more this season decisions that you just think, what is this sport becoming? Tom Davis, though, if we're being consistent, I feel like he should have at least, at least been booked during the game far earlier on. And he was proper throwing himself about, which again, if you're an Everton fan, you'd have been loving it, especially as he was getting away with it. What did you make of uh, of, of him in particular and the referee? Because I, I didn't think he had the best of games. Well, that, that Tom Davis, I like him as a player. Um, when he came onto the scene uh, with his blonde ponytail, um, I thought he needed to toughen up and compete rather than just be a fancy damn footballer that wanted to pop five and ten yard passes about. And he certainly has improved uh, his side of things uh, under um, Mr Ancelotti. Uh, he has got more competitive because the first team players that played, the Coure didn't play, did he? He competes and he gets his foot in. And you saw the boy uh, Allen in midfield for Everton. He is a good player and he does get his foot in. Maybe Davis could have got a yellow card earlier in the game because he had quite a few fouls. Although I don't think any of those fouls are probably full yellow justifiable, but a count-up of those tackles could have amounted to a yellow. Overall, the referees, I think they have got it very difficult. 
very difficult. They have improved. It has improved. Um, but with the uh, with the introduction of this VAR, their job has completely changed from what they were doing a few years ago. The game has changed. You mentioned from when I played, the game has definitely changed. So we can't harp back to that. It is different now to what it was. I don't always enjoy watching it, to be honest with you, because I, I enjoyed the tackles and the and the competitive side of uh, competitive nature of uh, top level football. But um, it is difficult for the referees. I think they are getting better. But this link between the VAR and getting it right is a very fine line. And there have been, for me, a few errors recently, which um, which they've held their hands up to, to be fair. Mm. Right. And one of the, the, the top, to uh, top topics of conversation on this podcast every week is Saeed Benrahma and his performances. It's, it's, should he start? Um, does he not deserve to start? His, his level of performances sometimes, his decision-making more, as I said it a lot. And he's missed that sit at the weekend as well. What do you make of uh, his his West Ham career so far? As I know it's been only a season, but he's been in and out of the side, desperate for a goal quite clearly. What have you made of him? Do you think that he's, he's got a future at the club? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It will take him time, like it did with um, the little right winger. Um, what's his name? who came from Hull City. Bowen, Bowen, yeah, Jared Bowen. I think it took him a little bit of time uh, to get settled in, to bed in. And with Ben Rama, I saw quite a lot of him at uh, Brentford. He's a game changer. He's a match winner. I mean, you can see when those types of players go from being the, uh, uh, what is it, the, the big fish in the little pond at Brentford, with all due respect to everybody at Brentford, then to go to West Ham and to go into the role that he's got. And I think that was the same with the player that went from Leicester City called Riyad Mahrez, who at Leicester, he was the magic on the wing that would transform the hard-working Leicester City team with Kante, Drinkwater and um, Vardy uh, and, the, and the little uh, Japanese player that used to play as a number 10, hard-working. And Ben Rama had, uh, and Mahrez had the magic. When Mahrez has been at Man City, it's taken him a year and a half to settle in and get that feeling. And now he is playing like he's a top, top, top draw player. And I think Ben Rama has got that potential. It may take a bit of time. It may take him time to get used to the pace of it because it is an increased level, especially at the top, uh, top end of the Premier League. But I think he's a good player. He will win games. And um, I know it's disappointing he missed that great opportunity uh, the other day. Mm. But when players are getting opportunities... That's more important because you don't get opportunities. Um, you, you're never going to score. And he does get opportunities. He will make things happen and he will score goals. Martin, just before Tom jumps in, we we asked our, our listeners today on social media for an opinion on him because we're as guilty as uh, we're as guilty as anyone of of having the conversation about him this week, uh, most weeks, which inadvertently shines a spotlight on him. I think that comes, of course, with with the sizable fee that the club paid for him. There was a lot of excitement. But we said earlier on, if you were manager of West Ham, what would your approach to Saeed Benrahma be? The options were start him most weeks, needs games, but leave him on the bench at the moment because there's better out there or get rid in the summer. Now, 64% of people would say start him most weeks, 
30% said need games, but I'll leave him on the bench for now. And just six want to get rid in the summer. So it's clear that the vast majority of, of West Ham fans of our listeners are, are behind Ben Rama. So same question to you, Martin. If you were in charge, you've said he clearly has a future at the club. Would you, he obviously needs a run of games. Would you have him in the team right now? Or would you say, just be patient, we'll get through because you're perhaps not in our best 11 and, and we'll bed you in a bit more over the summer and next season? Yeah, absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt, I'm sure um, Mr Moyes has had uh, conversations with him in private at the training ground. The team is winning. The team is playing well. There's pace in the team. There's uh, creative quality in the team. And it may take him time to find his position, find his uh, mojo for playing for West Ham and the size of West Ham. It will take him time. And I'm sure uh, Mr. Moyes has explained all those things to him. He always puts him on as a sub, I think, when he is a sub. He's given him a few games and it'll be an in and an out and an in and an out. And um, I think I'm sure that's how, um, how it'll work with him. And I'm sure the player will understand that as well. Martin, one player who's been in the side for the last few weeks is Issa Diop. And he's another one who sort of divides opinion. And, and on the weekend, he might have been partly at fault for the goal as well. And what what have you made him join? Because he's been there a few years now. And he doesn't seem to have pushed on to, to where we all expected he could have been from when Mourinho said he was a monster. So what do you make of him? And do you think he has a future? Oh, yeah, definitely. We've got to keep all these players together now. He, uh, he may not have uh, kicked on, as you rightly say. However, he's, um, I've got a cousin who's critical of some of the players. And I said, well, <laughs> you shut up, you idiot. They're fourth <laughs> in the league. This is the Premier League, not the Championship. Premier League. Premier League. And we're challenging for the Champions League. How can you be critical of these players? These are better than what you've had for ages. Absolutely ages. Um, get behind them, support them, back them. Uh, give them everything you've got because they deserve it. To be where West Ham are right now, I'm sure they were finishing near the bottom last year. Is that right? <laughs> they nearly got relegated, didn't they? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone seems to forget that. I'm sure yeah. West Ham nearly got relegated last year, didn't they? Yeah, I think yeah. We're, we're we're as guilty of it as anyone, lads, aren't we? I think, like you mentioned, Tom, when you when you get up there, and I I think to be honest, uh, just to give us a little bit of of our juice, Tom, and what you're saying there, I think we're fortunate in a we're in a position now where it's more rather than last season where you were questioning whether lots of the players, not lots, but a, a significant amount of the team, especially Haller, Anderson, players of that ilk, whether their heart were really in it. And I think what's brilliant about this season is there isn't a single jot of that from any of us and from any fans, really, questioning the commitment of, of anyone in that squad. They all seem to be pulling in the right direction. Even Diop, who Tom mentioned there, Ben Rama, they're all working their socks off to me. Go on, Martin, sorry. I was lucky enough to go to a game recently when they played away. I uh, can't remember where it was. And I was sat 20 yards behind the dugout of the away team, which was West Ham United. All the subs were just, just, just over there. And I was working for somebody. And when West Ham scored, right, all of the players and the staff all jumped up and were all hugging each other, right? Happy and delighted. Then when someone was substituted halfway through the second half, 
when the player came up into the stand where they sit nowadays, we you know because of this uh, restrictions, all the players, all the subs, and all the staff on the side of the pitch, all went down and gave him like what do you call it, a bit of skin or five or whatever you want to call it, pum pum pum, all that sort of <laughs> stuff. And I looked and I thought, I love it. I absolutely love it. There was a camaraderie. There was a spirit. There was a unity. You don't always get to see it from you know, where we all sit um, at the stadium. But it, 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 was, it was great to see. It was great to see. I loved it. And the cheerleader in the group that wasn't playing was Mark Noble. Mm. He, was, he was sub. He didn't, I think he got on for 10 minutes at the end of that game. Um, and, and you just felt a good vibe. And you don't always get that, especially at that level. No, that's it. I totally agree. I've, I haven't seen it since probably 2015, 16 is the last time I can think of it like that. And again, obviously winning games helps, but um, everyone's pulling in the same direction, which is which is wonderful. Martin, a player we know you like is Manuel Lanzini. I thought he was phenomenal at Burnley in that deep line role. His quick feet and technical ability to... The, the way it improved the speed of transition from us getting the ball at the back, popped into Lanzini and within a flash, he turned it and recycled the ball and we were on the attack again. Unfortunate to see him go down injured uh, against Everton, of course. That will be a blow depending how long he's out for. There was a lot of questions. Uh, you know, we spoke to you last time, I think, after that fabulous Tottenham game. And there were questions then saying is that, you know, the, the last thing he'll do is his time at the club coming to an end. Do you find that that, that new role might be somewhere or a position we can utilise him and therefore it might be worth hanging on to him next season? Yeah, if the deal is right, he um, especially at home, I think he could be a good player at home where the, where the West Ham team would have more of the ball and he would get more of the play. I'm not sure if he played in that number 10 role, how many goals that he would get and how many assists that he would get, which is obviously a, a sort of a Lingard role that he's got at the moment. Um, but no, I think he is a good player. Um, and just going to, I'm going to revert back a second. I asked the manager when I saw the manager, Mr. Moyes, at a game recently. I said, "How have you found it with the players that are not in the team? How have you found it managing those?" after they've been playing in the team now to not being in the playing in the team and they're on the periphery, he said to me, this is, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying, um, the attitude and the spirit of everybody has been absolutely first class. The lads on the side have made it such a more enjoyable season than what you normally get because you can get clicks that talk to each other and don't like the manager because they're not playing, don't like some of the team because they're not playing. They consult, they can be moody. So I've just remembered that from your previous question. Uh, and with Lanzini, yeah, he can do it. He can do damage. And the more people that can create a goal, assist to a goal and score a goal, and Lanzini would fit into that bracket, like you saw when we be, um, you know, the, the North London minnows, um, you know, that's crucial. Well, and obviously one player that's just been phenomenal over the last four or five months has been Jesse Lingard. Um we all want him to stay. I'm sure the club want him to stay as well if we can do a deal for him. But I was reading some reports today come out saying that the club are arming an iron over his, uh, his reported contract, um, his uh, wage demands, which is roughly around about 100 grand a week or something like that. And they're the oh, yeah, deal he wants, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not sure whether they can afford it. Um, what's your stance in it? The way I see it is that 
it's a deal that they've just got to find a way of financing it somehow, especially if we're going to be in Europe next year. We're going to need players like him with the European experience and the, the impact that he's got on the team. Um, or do they try and look for a cheap alternative elsewhere in the market? Because you know David Moyes has, has proved that he can find some some good players in the market. Yeah, I don't think anyone from West Ham United has actually come out and said we can't do the deal, have they? Mm-hmm. No, it's just obviously it's just reports. No, no, no. So 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 someone's just written that in there. Uh, I'm not sure that's actually true. Um, it hasn't come from anybody at West Ham. No, Sammy Mockbell in the Daily Mail that was this morning, yeah. Yeah, so no one's actually from West Ham said we can't afford him because he wants X, Y, Z on a four-year deal. I think from the player's point of view, it would be a, an excellent move for him to come to London um, to play in, in that team um, with uh, him, uh, Rice, Declan Rice. And um, what's that midfield player? Sue checking it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what a three that is, isn't it? Oh my mm. god! You know, with Rice, with Rice and Suchek behind him. Um, oh my god! Um, that, that's a, that's a dangerous. That's a dangerous three. That is. Oh, um, the Czech can edit, can't he? And Declan Rice, he can pass it and strike it. So mm. there's goals within the three of them. It's uh, to keep them three together would be magic. Let's hope they uh, can get a deal. Um, and I'm sure the player will want to stay, by the way. That's my dog, not me. Um, <laughs> just Bill. Um, they want to. They will want to do it. You know, Mr. Gold and Mr. Sullivan, after, you've got to say, it's been a testing few years with the move from the stadium and then the team not being quite right and some poor recruitment. They would be the first to hold their hands up. That You know, these. this is the sort of player now we've got to try and keep to uh, to, to improve from here. But it's not easy to improve from the level that West Ham are at now because the next level of player is mega, mega money. Can they find it? Who knows? Martin, with a bit of luck, we'll we'll hopefully end up in Europe, one sort of European competition, Europa League or Europa Conference. Some teams struggle. We struggled um, when we were in Europe one year. What do we need to do in the transfer window to beef up the squad, where would you be looking to get reinforcements to make us have a squad which can compete in the Premier League as well as Europe and do Thursdays and Sundays? Well, there's no doubt about it. It's a massive challenge. The amount of clubs that struggle um, playing Thursdays, especially with the long flights on a Thursday night um, and then having to uh, compete on a Sunday. Um, It's proved to be very, very difficult. And I don't think any of us can deny any of us um, the West Ham squad is not very big. Some of the young lads, I think we had three young lads on the bench of the day, didn't we? Mm. You know, it's all yeah. proper young, proper young. Um, you know, then you, you then you see some of the other Premier League teams. They've got like they've got 22, 24 players that could all play in their first team. Mm. Uh, West Ham haven't got that luxury. We haven't got that luxury. Um, you know, we've got uh, what would you say, eighteen players that could all play in the first team um, and do well. And then after that, to play in that division, in that league, you, you need a lot more than that. Um, and it can affect league form as well. So it is a, it's a concern to go into it. Uh, is it good to go into it? Um, not sure. 
Martin, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on again, and we uh, we love having you. We always appreciate you giving us your time. So just just the last couple before we let you go. The how do you see it playing out? Three games left to, and we keep saying it the last few weeks. You know, these three games are the difference between what could be a historic campaign uh, or just a very very good one, as you've mentioned. Who are they uh, again? Uh, so Brighton is the next game then Southampton is the last home game and lads, West, Brom. West, West Brom. Brom there we go yeah, West sorry. Brom. so three winnable games there against teams if you had to pick if you said to West Ham fans you've got three games to win to qualify for the Champions League pick your opponents I think all of them are in the bottom six of the uh, of the division at the moment so well, how do you see it playing out from, from here West Ham will win all three games, get nine points and sneak into the Champions League by one point and we'll be dancing at Heathrow with our passports. It's quite simple. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Right. We'll, uh, we'll definitely, we'll, we'll get ours and we'll pick you up on the way, Martin. I know you're the other side of London. It doesn't matter. We'll whip around the M25. Just, uh, just, I'm, I'm trying to get my head around this. What is hello in Spanish? <laughs> Hola. Hola. What is it in Italian? Uh, oh. I don't know that one actually. I could have done. I could have given you. Fr- oh, buongiorno. Buongiorno. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. practicing all this. I'm gonna go all the way. Hello. Thank how you. You. Goodbye. <laughs> um, no travel. Yeah. See you later. Uh, I'm trying. I'm gonna get rid of all. Get rid of. Get ready to travel. Yeah. Following West Ham in the Champions League. Well, we'll drive, Martin. You bring the phrase book and uh, James and Tom can sort out the food and drink. But um, Martin, just one before we before we do let you go. I've got to ask you about it. I know it's sort of been and gone now, but I'm, I'm really interested to hear uh, your thoughts on it. I want to know what, what you made of the, of the Super League, the European Super League, first of all. And then afterwards, you know, it was good to see a lot of players and managers coming out and all of them would have no doubt been in really awkward positions. I thought some of them spoke far better than others on the topic, but they would have been in really awkward positions, particularly the ones who were playing for the clubs who were involved in it. So I just wondered, first of all, what, like I say, what you made of the Super League and if there was any, you know, there was any times in your career, be it as a player, as a manager, where you had to, where it was an awkward position for you and where you had to, you know, um, uh, sort of, uh, you, you had to go against what your morals were telling you was was best, almost. Well, it's just uh, them Americans really being greedy, wasn't it? Really, it was a typical American uh, thing where they just franchise their uh, their club. It's not nothing like the history and the passion that we've got in our country. You know, they uh, they buy clubs and move them between cities over there. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. The amount of money that they were going to pick, what up, was it, 300 million each? Mm. So you could see them sitting on their sun lounger in Palm Beach, uh, 300 million dollars coming in the back pocket. Who cares about Man United and what they're doing? Not bothered. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous and greedy. They're, they'd never have been allowed to come back into this country. There's no way. And the protests, I think, would have been uh, from all of us, me included, I'd have been there, definitely. Um, absolutely ridiculous. The only one going back to the second part of your question is that bond scheme. Mm. Um, and when that was all kicking off, you know, I, I didn't agree with that. And then uh, when that chap came on the pitch one day with the corner flag and put it in the centre circle, um, and I went over to it, I think it, I think it, I went over to it and tried to persuade him to get off. <laughs> and I said to him, mate, I agree with you, but you better get off because we've got to finish this game. 
And then I looked round, there's about 30, 50, 100, 200 people all coming on behind him. And I thought, oh my God, I beg get out of here. They might trample on me. Uh, no, that bond scheme, I didn't agree with that one. And that's probably why I went into the middle to see that supporter. Um, and I think I've met that guy since. He came up to me one day, he said, do you remember me? I went, uh, I'm terribly sorry, no. He said, I'm the one that put the corner flag in the centre circle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, fair play to you, mate. Fair play uh, to you. Yeah, I think it was just one of those situations, wasn't it? I think especially these days where perhaps the, I think the money inevitably changes the relationship fans have. You know, in your day, there was, I think it's fair to say, more of a connection and more relatability with with players like yourself and your teammates. You know, some of the players you played with are iconic fan favourites. And we know from speaking to you guys, um, a lot of your former teammates on the podcast, you know, really friendly. And there is that relatability. I think there's more of a distance now, but I was quite warmed by by some of the messages and some of the players just despite all of that. They do have a lot at risk, all of them, don't they? Because uh, oh, yeah. I wasn't quite sure which way it was going to go, but they stood up and and were counted, which I thought was was pretty good. Yeah, well, the current group of players, their, their parents, you know, similar to my age, grandparents um, would have been horrified absolutely horrified and the players would have all been brought up on supporting their clubs they'd have been absolutely horrified to have um, you know no relegation and, and the one thing the one thing that I can't get my head round about that Super League thing how did Tottenham get in it? Yeah <laughs> baffling isn't it? Absolutely baffling That was the worst bit about it wasn't it? Yeah Tottenham mid-table <laughs> they're mid-table aren't they? They are mid table, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah not Most the... teams are. Most teams no, are. I haven't won a ch- trophy for 13 oh. years, I don't think. So, yeah, not too much super about them whatsoever. But, Martin Allen, it's been absolutely brilliant. We do appreciate you giving us your time. Um, it's great to hear what you've got to say on all things West Ham. And, uh, yes, yeah, you know, fingers crossed. You've said it already, Martin. We're going to finish in the Champions League by a point. I'll get one of the lads on booking the minibus now. You get the passports and the phrase book ready and uh, and oh, we'll yeah. we'll see you at Heathrow in, in about four months' time, eh? Yeah, we won't need a minibus if we're going to Heathrow. We'll be going on an aeroplane. <laughs> well, we've got to pick you up on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Let Martin, imagine it. thanks so much for, uh, for imagine, joining us. Just imagine that Champions League music at the London Stadium. Exactly. Declan Rice staring up at the floodlights. Lionel oh, Messi yeah. quivering his boots on the other side. Messi, he's past it, mate. He's useless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's been absolutely brilliant having you with us. Uh, thanks so much for joining us this season and for all your time this season. We hope to talk to you again, of course, when, uh, yeah, ahead of some of those European nights, as you mentioned. But uh, fingers crossed. We're all hoping we can do it. Martin Allen says we can do it. And what more support do you need than that? Stay with us because it's the Betway Charity Bets next. So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones, Martin Allen there. I mean, boys, he is phenomenal, isn't he? But Tom, do you feel like justice has been done? James started the podcast by admitting that he hadn't bothered watching West Ham in one of the most important games in our recent history. Martin Allen comes on. James suggests that the season's a bit underwhelming. And Martin just puts him in his box, tore him an absolute new one. It, you know, it was a bit embarrassing at one point. I felt a bit awkward on James's behalf. Do you think that's just karma coming back to bite him? 
I think it's just one of those days. James has just, just got up out of bed and it's just been all against him from the off today. And I actually thought it was a bit of a harsh reaction because pretty much echoing what I feel, I'm the one saying it'll be disappointing if we come seventh. So I thought well, you James didn't say it when Martin was on it, did you, you bottle job? No, I did. I so said it'd be a shame. Back, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you weren't rushing to James's defence exactly, were you? <laughs> I apologise for saying would it be a shame if we finished outside the top six and he said yes so thank you very much I joined that's in what, that's what I asked him and then he still and then he goes and he thought I said finished inside the top six I don't, I don't really get why, why he laid into me um, <laughs> well, it's like, really upset me a little bit I know oh, it's, Thomas, right. <laughs> it's not going well for you today James I, I feel a bit like I, I was saying to you boys whenever Martin comes on you always feel you know sort of adrenaline pumps a bit because you're thinking oh, I've got to be on my game here for Fortunately, it wasn't me this week that um, he tore a new one too. But I feel a bit like that now, Jonesy. I'm a bit on edge. I can tell you're you're on the edge of just having a complete meltdown. I don't know how many more times I can jibe you without our friendship completely falling to bits. Yeah, just be careful, mate. <laughs> exactly. Well, I must admit, though, Jonesy, you know that if you're if you're ever in any trouble, Tom's not the man to call, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that, Jonesy. Yeah. Well, where was he when you needed him, eh? Where was he backing you against Martin Allen just two seconds ago? Clayton has to let down. <laughs> Listen to it, Will, and I think you'd be surprised at my input then, son. <laughs> well listen boys we've got the end of season of beers coming up finally we're allowed to socialize finally we'll be able to see each other in person once again which will be absolutely brilliant but just in case there is any trouble on uh on that day out we'll be on the riverside in london supping on a few pints together for our end of season bash but if there is any trouble do not call on tom to back you up james yeah i'll be there for you but uh <laughs> tom right. edwards definitely not your man well look lads uh betway charity bets of course just a reminder to any new listeners we might have or to those of you who've listened before the betway charity bets each week me and the lads get a 50 pound stake each from betway uh, to put on a three selection bet as part of the betway bet builder um, to put on the upcoming West Ham game. And any winnings from any of those bets go towards the three West Ham charities that me and the lads are playing for. I, this season, am playing for Bobby Moore's fund. James Jones is playing for the DT38 Dylan Tombidi's foundation. And Tom Edwards is playing for Isla's fight. Just a quick one on that. Isla has started another round of chemo this week. So we send lots of love and best wishes to Isla and Nikki and all the family. And uh, wish her the best of luck with all of that. Of course, lads, no wins last week for the Everton game. We've said it already. Bit of a dire game of football to watch. Not a lot happened. Um, I went for Aaron Cresswell to score or assist. Both teams to score and a goal in each half. Both teams didn't score. There was only one goal. It was in the first half and Aaron Cresswell went off injured before he had a chance to inevitably get us back in the game. James, you had West Ham to win. Jesse Lingard, goal or assist, and Suchek, two-plus shots on target. Tom, you also went for a West Ham winner with both teams to score and Antonio any time, which I did fancy ahead of that game, but obviously your two uh, struck off because West Ham failed to get the win. But onwards and upwards, boys, we've got three games left, just like West Ham, off to add a bit into that pot before the end of the season. Bet we're doubling all of our winnings. And at the moment, Jonesy, we've won over 10 grand, haven't we, this season, if you include Betway's yep. double up. So absolutely phenomenal. But we do want to add to that, of course. Tom, I'll throw it to you first. What have you gone for this week, my friend? 
I've gone West Ham to win. Suchek first goal scorer and over 2.5 goals. Trying to keep in line with my prediction. I just I just think dunk missing for them might mean that there's a few goals in this and maybe from a set piece. So fingers crossed because I need a win. Do you need a win indeed, mate? For Suchek first goal scorer. The first ones, the first goal scorers always make me a bit nervous, lads. That's all. I like a bet that is open till the end of the game. I like a 90-minute bet. But uh, fair play, Tom. Fingers crossed for that one. Jonesy, tell me. I've gone West Ham win, uh, Suchek one, one or more shots on target, and uh, Lingard two or more shots on target. Yeah, those, those um, they're nice, those bets, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I almost went for my the identical bet that I did when I won forty to one shot, the, the two and a half grand. But I thought, no, I will mix it up a little bit, so I had Suchek in there. Um, he's due, he's due a goal or at least a, a little bit more of an attacking return than, than he has done in the last couple of weeks. So. Yeah, fancy this one. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Well, I've gone West Ham to win as well. So all three of us need the three points for any chance for cherry bets coming. I've gone West Ham to win. West Ham to keep a clean sheet. And you'll like this one. Vladimir Kufal, goal or assist. After last week, smashed it against the post. Yeah, smash it against the post. He gets into good attacking positions. Lewis Dunk, not available either. I fancy he'll get down that right-hand channel a few times. And uh, yeah, he's he's, about, he's such right-back stat, that, isn't it? I remember I used to always love Sebastian Schemmel and Thomas Repke, my favourite players at West Ham. And they'd get a customary one goal a season, like if you're lucky. And I fancy Kufal uh, to do just that. So yeah, the Kufal goal or assist West Ham to win. And West Ham to keep a clean sheet. Brilliant stuff, lads. Fingers crossed. And uh, Thanks, as always, to Betway for putting the money up for those bets. And you can, as always, back them yourself if you want. I like the sound of those this week. I've got a good feeling, boys. But uh, like I say, you can back them yourself if you want. Head on over to the Betway website or app. Uh, go to the West Ham Brighton game for this weekend. Scroll down to the pre-built bet selections under the Betway Bet Builder section and uh, you'll find the We Are West Ham podcast bets with my name, James's name and Tom against those selections that we've just read out if you do fancy it. Stay with us because next up we've got Liam from Albion Analytics who's going to tell us those bets have got any chance of winning and if West Ham have got any chance of winning Saturday night at the Amex against a team who we are yet to beat in the Premier League. Opposition view, next. So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. I'm delighted to say that joining us this week for our Opposition View is the We Are West Ham debutante. It's Liam from Albion Analytics. Liam, it's wonderful to have you joining us, mate. We were talking about Everton about being our bogey team last week. We did lose to them, but the Seagulls are an enormous bogey team for West Ham United, yet to beat them in the Premier League. I don't know what it is. I mean, you haven't got Glenn Murray anymore, so we thought, oh, once he's gone, we might actually be all right. But it hasn't proved to be the case. What is it that you can tell us about Brighton? Again, you're obviously from a, from an analytical standpoint. I don't care what it is, whether it's analytics <laughs> or just raw passion, but what is it that... Uh, that proving such a hoodoo for West Ham? You know, if I, if I had the answer, I think I could um, could could make a lot of money for West Ham, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I think, I think we owe you guys from from that championship game um, years ago now from from the thumping. Um, so whether that sort of plays into, I say, in, into any of the players' minds, I think perhaps Solly March <laughs> and Lewis Dunk would be the only ones remaining from that. Um, but I, I think especially sort of like under Potter now that 
Um, he's shown a lot of tactical flexibility and will look to sort of set up with different systems to, to thought, thwart different teams and different opposition. Um, and I think, yeah, similar to sort of back under Hewton, who uh, played a real pragmatic style, which worked sort of really effectively. Um, I think we, we kept clean sheets in quite a few games against you guys, I think. Um, and yeah, managed to obviously prevent you scoring too many. I, I think from sort of memory that you guys have been good going forwards, but have perhaps lacked a bit of sort of defensive um, solidity at times and, and have shifted a few goals. Um, I obviously don't have all, all the numbers completely to hand, uh, but that's that's sort of more from memory. Um, and yeah, I think if we can sort of limit your goals at one end, that um, it shouldn't be hopefully too hard to, to get some ourselves. Liam, one win in six, a 2-0 victory against Leeds is your only win in the last six games, 16th in the league. What have you made of your season? Is it one of those disappointing ones? You've obviously escaped relegation because you're fortunate there's at least three teams at the moment. There's four teams who are, who are worse than you in the league. What, but what have you made of the of the season on the whole? Um, it's a difficult one to digest, to be honest. I mean, job is done as far as we're concerned in um, you know, confirming our sort of Premier League status. Um, I think, for at least from my perspective, that's always the first aim. I know we've got, as a club, um, conversations on about trying to push on and become a top 10 side. Um, but for me, you, you've got to sort of walk before you can run and, and really try and cement that. Um, the the finishing at times has been poor. For me, that's not been our biggest problem. We've dropped, I think, the most points in the league, 23 from sort of winning positions. And for a side that are on 37 points, if you can hold on to even one or two or more of those leads, um, that's going to you know push you considerably further up the table. In fact, we did it sort of twice in the reverse fixture, led twice and um, fell apart twice and, and failed to sort of see that lead out. So for me, that's, you know, unfortunately cost us and for all the pretty football we have played at times, so we do play some really nice stuff, um, you know, in terms of the, the build-up play. Um, you know, we've not perhaps been quite as good in both boxes as we have been between them, um, which has been sort of our downfall at times. Liam, well, where do you see um, uh, Potter's future at the moment? Obviously, he's been linked with the Spurs job. He's got you guys playing some really, really good football. I think you're known as the this season the kings of XG. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, met, you, you, meant, you mentioned there that your finishing hasn't been great, and the kind of the XG stats mm. almost almost goes uh, prove that. But Graham Potter's been linked with the Spurs job. Um, he's you know highly rated. Um, do you, do you see him hanging around for a little bit longer or are you a little bit worried that all the hard work that he's put in and, and all the hard work that Brian's put in in terms of get, get to the stage you're at now might be undone if a bigger club or, or another club come in and, and take him off your hands? Yes, it's a difficult one. I think he's obviously got the skill set to um, go, go beyond and I, I could quite easily see someone like him being touted for an England role at some point. I think that he sort of fits the bill um, in that respect. He does seem to be quite a project manager um, in the sense that, you know, obviously what he did out in Sweden um, really sort of built quite a legacy there. I think the plan was probably to do sort of similar things at Swansea. Uh, I think I read something about him maybe not having backing from the board too much, um, which led him to sort of move on. But um, Barber said, you know, that they're, they're, our CEO said that they really don't want to let him go, of course. Um, they built quite a solid infrastructure with Dan Ashworth, former, um, former FA man. So, yeah, there seems to be a good infrastructure there. So I'd hope that even if Potter maybe was to perhaps move on, that we've still got um, you know, sort of the, the backing roles and, and can really sort of build on from there. Liam, look, looking ahead to this weekend's game, um, Dunk got a red card and so did Mope. So you'll be without both of them. And Mope's obviously got decent record against us. How, how much will they hurt you? Because from our knowledge of you, Dunk is, is the main man, really. He, he's key to what you guys do at the back. Yeah, he's absolutely huge. Um, he's been... A fantastic and the club's best player for as long as I can remember now. 
Um, we're fortunate that he perhaps hasn't been picked up by a bigger club, whether that's because, um, you know, as he's aged a bit or clubs have just, you know, preferred to go for a younger option. Um, you know, we don't know and we're, we're perhaps quite grateful for it. Um, so, yeah, he, he'll be a big miss. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Potter does, really, because we were very sort of reliant on our on our wing-backs earlier on this season. Um, Solly March and Tarek Lamptey. And when we had both of those injured, um, sort of a few months ago now, we sort of changed the system. Um, opted for sort of a few more forward players, went for sort of Danny Welbeck, Neil Mapai, and Leandro Trossard and had them all sort of operating in wide areas quite well. Um, so it's going to be a, a new system for sort of us fans to see as well, um, even from a Brighton perspective, because, you know, we've had Dunk out, I think, once or twice a season for a suspension as well. Um, it's, it's not his first one. Um, and with Mapai, I think he dropped, got dropped to one game sort of back in sort of November time. Um, he's fantastic in terms of, I know his finishing isn't always, you know, as elite as some players, but he offers a hell of a lot sort of um, in terms of his link play, in terms of his pressing, um, an awful lot. And I think we notice and probably will notice um, come come Saturday that when he's not on the pitch that um, we really sort of lack his presence. So seeing what Potter does, I think, I'd have no idea to guess it, but I'm really sort of looking forward to seeing sort of the tactical um, sort of challenge he's going to face as a result of that. Yeah, looking ahead to, to the weekend, and we've already established that West Ham just cannot beat Brighton, regardless. Um, but a little bit more confident this season. You know, our away form has been, you know, been been brilliant. What what part what part of the West Ham team are you kind of most fearing coming up against? Particularly as as, as you've already alluded to with Dunk out and Mope out. Is there is there a specific one or two players that you you're fearing most on on Saturday night? Sure. I mean, it'd be nice for us fans to see Jesse Lingard back at the Amex. Obviously, he was a brighter player sort of many moons um, ago, obviously, albeit on a loan spell. Um, so I think for a lot of our fans, have perhaps been quite delighted to see him sort of kick on and, and do so well. Um, likewise, obviously, don't want to see him do too well um, on Saturday um, as he's been, you know, absolutely fantastic. And I don't think he's shown anything in terms of his ability um, or his attitude that he, he never quite had. But, um, yeah, the consistency in that he's playing with right now um, and sort of, yeah, he's really, really shining. So great to see him doing so well. So I think he he could be really key. I, I'm not sure if he was fully fit for the last game, um, but, you know, I don't even think he needs to necessarily be completely 100% to, to cause a problem. So what, how do you see the game playing out, Liam, style-wise? Is it going to be, we had a really attritional game, Everton, probably the most offensive team we've come up against all mm. season, um, which is a surprise, you know, you expect that sort of thing from the teams down the bottom or Crystal Palaces and the uh, West Broms and all that of the world. Uh, but how do, you, how do you see it playing out? You mentioned Potter's tactical uh, nous and his flexibility there. What, what do you what do you expect the uh, Brighton will be doing for the visit of West Ham? It's Saturday night, 8 o'clock at the Amex. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him continue what he's sort of done recently of actually concede a bit more possession. I know he's obviously renowned for having a lot of the ball, playing some really expansive stuff. And to be fair to him, uh, the expansivity and possession has, has remained for the most part. Um, admittedly, sort of our goal kicks have gone a bit longer recently, but especially against Leeds, he mentioned sort of our, our, our new win recently, um, had a lot less of the ball and has had a real sort of defensive structure behind it. Um, he's then used sort of the likes of Adam Webster, Ben White to really drive forward in possession to sort of pick holes uh, in sort of the opposition's defensive shape. Um, and yeah, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see us again. Yeah, go go with less of the ball. Um, I know that West Ham are sort of really sort solid defensive um, defensive side under Moyes, um, a very good defensive manager, I think, as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so I think, yeah, to, to try and avoid sort of suiting you guys too much stylistically, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes. Um, as I think we had a bit more of the ball in sort of the reverse fixture, maybe we picked apart. Um, once or twice. So, yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So, give us a score prediction then, Liam. Come on. Ooh, um, it, it's been a few draws, hasn't there, between us recently. So, I'll, I'll go for a fun one. I'll go, go for a two-all. A two-all? That's James Jones's yeah. score. He likes that one. Desmond, Jonesy, surely, surely you were going for better than a Desmond this time around, Jones. 
Yeah, no, I, despite our record against Brighton, I'm quietly confident this weekend. Um, we have te- we have tended to bounce back after defeat this season uh, more often than not. So um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two nil. Two nil to West Ham United. Uh, Thomas Edwards, please. What are you going for? Uh, I'm going to go a bit ambitious. Three one. I think them missing Dunkey gives us a chance. So fingers crossed, we bounce back. Yeah, no, I fancy that. I, f- I fancy us to definitely break our duck and I fancy it in style as well. So I'm going to go for a 3-0 clean sweep uh, for me and the lads. I know, well, I've been going nil nils the past few weeks, haven't I? Because we are due one. But um, yeah, no, I fancy we've got to, we, surely it's got to be this time that we beat Brighton. I'm No offence to you, Liam, but that is one annoying record <laughs> to have, all. isn't it? One annoying mm. record to have. But uh, look, Liam there from uh, Albion Analytics, thanks so much for joining us for the first time on the We Are no West Ham podcast that is a huge huge game at the amex saturday night eight o'clock kickoff one the first one of the last three we said it last week everton's done now we don't look back we only look forward so uh come on you irons for that game saturday night stay with us because tom edwards is quiz master for name that game next Liam there from Albion Analytics. Lads, I'm really confident the more this podcast has gone on, the more I'm confident we're finally going to break that Brighton hoodoo. We've got bigger things to worry about these days at West Ham United. That's qualifying for European competitions. Teams who qualify for European competitions beat Brighton and Hove Albion in the Premier League. And that is exactly what West Ham are going to do this week. I like the confident nature of our selections in the Betway charity bets. I like the the confident nature of our predictions at the end of the opposition view with Liam there. Even Liam couldn't bring himself to predict a Brighton win. So don't worry, boys. It's it's definitely, it's a nice, easy 3-0, nice, easy one, 3-0 up at... After 55 minutes, proper arms behind the head, feet up on the sofa, crack open another beer, kind of relaxing afternoon. Absolutely no sweat whatsoever. Uh, James, me and you, though, Brighton have been in a relegation battle for most of the season. Me and you are going head to head in a relegation battle at the bottom of the name that game quiz leaderboard. Tom Edwards has really come into his own this season, hasn't he? Where uh, where he might be lacking in other areas of his life, namely punctuality and haircuts. He has really, really stepped up to the plate in uh, name that game. And of course, um, me and you, it's just not as good. In the old days of the Rogue Mystery Players quiz, it was always a head-to-head. So we, we were sort of, it didn't really matter. One of us always won every week. Tom's walked away with it a bit this year, isn't he? 49 points, Tom Edwards, at the top of the name that game leaderboard. I'm on 39, 10 points behind, and James Jones is on 38. Got to give, got to take your hat off to Tom James, haven't you, really? Yeah, you know, Tom, fair play. He's had a good season, but it's not over yet. Um, still, what, 15 points to play for, and the gap's only 10 points, so it's, it's not not over. No, no. I mean, what have we got? We've got three uh, end of season, the last season podcast of the season, our end of season review, which is kind of our wrap up one is on the 26th of May, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, still all to play for. Like you say, Jonesy, I think we've got three opportunities each to win some points from now. Until then, again, new listeners each week. The quiz master this week is Tom picks a West Ham match from history, collates seven pieces of information about that game. Uh, they are obscure fact about the game, the scoreline, uh, an opposition goal scorer, a West Ham goal scorer, the stadium in which a game took place, West Ham's opponent, and the season, the boys, me and James tonight, guess 
as each one is revealed by Tom, we get one point for each correct answer we get. If it's still a draw after the first seven, then it goes to a tie break, which is the exact year the game took place. Tom, James was worried last week that we'd done Everton away before. We didn't really get to the bottom of whether we had or we hadn't. But you won again, as usual, on the tiebreaker. It was a lot closer. What have you got for us this week? Yeah, I've got... I pray we haven't done this one. But yeah, we, we've got a decent one. I've got, I'm pretty happy with this one. So um, I'll get into it. The obscure fact is it was Marco Arnautovic's last game for the club. I'll have a guess and I'll say yeah. 2 1. No. Oh. Uh, 4 3. No. No. That's very the bold. The scoreline was. The scoreline was 4 1. 4 1. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh. Mark Arnautovic's last game, 4-1. I mean, I've got nothing on opposition goal scorer, Jonesy, if you wanted to guess, but um, I'm happy to go first if you want. Either or. Uh, I know it. I was just goal scorer. It'll click for you, lads. I I know the game. I know the game, but I can't remember who scored from. Um, I'm going to say no <laughs> Jonesy um, absolutely, absolutely riveting bit of podcasting here yeah, uh, no, everyone I'm, at home you, you are welcome listeners I'm, I'm passing you're passing? is that even allowed? okay hang on hang on let me have a guess in uh, I still haven't got a clue well. Who we played. Um, I'm going to go for. Uh, oh, who am I going to go for? Um, Jamie Vardy. No, but I like it. At least there's a guess on the table. No. Yeah, there you go, Tom. Exactly that. You want go on one, then. Jonesy, or should I go for it? Go for it. All right. The opposition goal scorer was Gerard Delafoe. Ah, God, it's Everton away, isn't it? It's Everton away. <laughs> um, okay, Sam goal scorer. I'm going Mark Noble. Oh, he's, he's frozen at the, at the key time. You what? Your Wi-Fi is going at the, the, the worst moment. It's correct, yes. Oh, joking. Yes. There's so much, so much tension in the room. Um, okay. Yeah, Stadium. it's correct. Right. Uh, I'm going to go the stadium. 4-1. Wow. Uh, oh, I'm nervous about this. I can't remember the game. Um... I'm just going to... London Stadium. Tom? No. Incorrect. No. That's me done. I knew. So the stadium is Vicarage Road. 
shambles. What a shambles this has been. I knew, knew. Uh, Tom's Wi-Fi is going to bits as well. This <laughs> round of name that game. That is correct. Tom. Going yes. to pieces. Uh, Watford. That is correct. Go on, Jones. So the season was... Easy, easy. 18-19. Also correct. Ah, diabolical Allows. stuff. Diabolical. Got to be getting Come on, on the stadium, haven't you? Got to well, be getting um, it on the stadium. Is that the one you went to, James? Well done. No, nah, no, nah, I went to the, the next season, the, the oh, away right. game the following season. Oh, fair enough. So what else can you tell us about that game then, Thomas? Um, I might be wrong with this, but it's one of the last time I remember Noble scoring. It, whether that's his last, I don't know. But Noble got a double, Lanzini got one, and Arnautovic. It was the final day of the 18-19 season. Um, Arnautovic got to 11 goals, and we absolutely played him off the park. I remember being pretty happy with that one. And I don't know, for some reason it sticks in my mind. It was one of those in the sun away games at Vicarage Road. Bit of a jolly up at the end. So, yeah, I've got a soft spot for that one. Lovely stuff, Fun, mate. Funnily enough, Martin Mark will. I think Mark Noble's last goal was against Watford at Vicarage Road the following season. He scored a penalty. I think we got a penalty in the first five oh, minutes. That was what I thought it was, um, but I was like, yeah. th- that wasn't 4-1. But yeah, we, pl- we played them in August. So like we played them at Vicarage Road on the last day of the season. And then about technically about three games late, we went back to yeah. Vicarage Road and he, we got another penalty. Yeah. Well, there you go. Three, <laughs> three, one win, Jonesy. But that that could leave me. I mean, it does leave me at the bottom of the table. And I'm the flipping quiz master next week as well. James Jones moves past the forty point mark for the first time in the season. Jonesy, you're on forty one. I am just on forty. Only got one point there. That is absolutely appalling. Tom doesn't move at all. So the scores are me in third place on forty. James Jones in second on forty one. Tom Edwards is still out in the lead on 49 points. That's perfect result for Tom Nat Jonesy, wasn't it? Everyone knows that um, he needed you to, to get the points there. The, the gap's still eight points. That is um, almost insurmountable, you'd have thought. But good game there, Tom. Uh, I like that one. You know what? I, I've been to Vicarage Road. I've, I've been once. James, you've been, haven't you, for, for your hospo? That's where you got your hospo nickname. And I went the first game in the championship when we got relegated and it was the last game Scott Parker played before he left and he scored a screamer, left foot, belted in the bottom corner, right at the back of Vicarage. It's a decent stadium that time, isn't it, for an away game? Yeah, I like it. I do like it. And the fact it's a bit local, you can go to the usual one. And yeah, it's it's a decent day out and um, we're not too bad there. No, absolutely. So, fun, funnily enough, guys, the first time I visited Vicarage Road was that day I missed the Spurs game to go and watch the rugby and watch Saracens at Vicarage Road. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> I can't True even. True story. Can't even, <laughs> can't even look at you. Can't even, I should have told Martin Allen that you didn't watch the game, actually. He had to put you in your place. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous stuff. Look, stay with us. West Ham Women, next. So name that game there. That could be it. That could have cemented Tom's victory at the top of the leaderboard. James, fortunately, I think this year, 26th of May, um, our guest that we've got on coming uh, coming up right now, Isabel Barker from the Sun to Talk West Ham Women. We've invited her, along with a few of our other guests from this season, to the end of season beers. 
I'm not going to enjoy buying Tom a pint if he wins name that game. But we're used to it, aren't we? Shelling out for Tom Edwards at the bar. It's not going to feel that much different, is it? Same old, same old, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, just bring the wallet and uh, Tom. The chance, the... mate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm delighted to say, as I just said, that joining us for the last time this season, probably, to talk about West Ham women who wrapped up their WSL campaign with a 1-0 defeat to Manchester City at the weekend in the last game of what was a weird WSL campaign is Isabel Barker from The Sun, a very, very good friend of the show. Isabel... I've got to start first. Commiserations. Fulham, your beloved Fulham, got relegated officially last night. Seemed to have been on the cards for a while. You begged me when I asked you to come on the podcast not to give you any grief about Fulham going down because you're a bit sensitive. I was true to my word. So, commiserations. How are you feeling about the mighty White's plight? This is pro- you're probably like the worst person to talk to after all of this. You've given me the most grief throughout the season. And I it has like, resulted in me blocking you on WhatsApp. At one point. <laughs> that is true. Well. Wow. So, yeah, no, I can tell you're loving every moment of this. But, um, it was no. destined for me off. Yeah, you. Uh, how are you feeling about it, though? Is it sort of um, sunk in yet, or could you, had you prepared yourself for it? Yeah, it's sunk in after Wolves. That's the day I blocked you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adama last-minute screamer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was not in a good mood that day. So, yeah. No. Was, mm-hmm. Fair enough. Scott Parker, does he stay or does he go? Stay, but that's why I don't, I don't see why you wanted you were teasing me so much. Like, Do you not like Scott Parker? No, I, I like Scott Parker. And I, to be honest... <laughs> cry that day and you were loving it <laughs> <laughs> to, to be quite honest i like scott parker and frankly until i met you i quite liked fulham <laughs> well listen west ham women isabel i say that home defeat one nil to manchester city um to be honest it felt like a victory really no one felt particularly confident going into the game manchester city were bracing yourself for a thrashing um, we had Michelle on, who's a West Ham women's season ticket holder last week, and she said the same thing. Just keep the goals down if we can. Strange campaign. West Ham finished ninth. Relegation threatened for most of it. Change of manager in between. So before we ask you about the season as a whole, what did you just make of that um, result at City? Bit of a surprise or could you see it coming? I thought it was a brilliant performance by West Ham. Um, I thought they played really well. They kept out... Manchester City with all of their superstars till about the 75th minute. I actually watched the game. Um, and also, you know, we've got to give plaudits to Mackenzie Arnold. She made two penalty saves against um, two USA World Cup winners. Um, I thought she did brilliantly. That was a brilliant advert for women's goalkeeping, considering there's so much trolling about female goalkeepers and stuff on social media. It's like, take a look at West Ham women's keeper and... and then, then make those comments because I thought it was amazing. Um, yeah, I think what what's what we've seen in the last few games, the last five games, I think there's been three nil-nil results, which isn't good on the eye, but it just shows that you know West Ham are finally building. They're actually in games, which is what we saw on on Sunday. And I thought they looked brilliant. And on the break as well, they came close against the side with Lucy Bronze and and World Cup winners. So I was really, really impressed. Isabel, we've seen form improve, as you've already said, obviously that performance against City, but then the nil-nil draws defensively tightened up a little bit. Um, There's that old saying when an international break comes with a team in form is that it comes at a wrong time. This might sound weird, but 
has the, the end of the season come at the wrong time for West Ham, given that now they've got, I know they've still got the FA Cup to play, but in terms of, you know, taking some good form into ne- the next WSL season and um, avoiding a releg- another relegation battle like next season, they've got to do a lot better. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, carry on, carry on. No, go on, go on. That was pretty much it. <laughs> I, think, I think it's like when a new manager comes in, um, it can give you this complete, like inject this this new form and energy into you. And we kind of thought that would happen with West Ham and it didn't. But now it seems like his his um, his style is coming into fruition and he's getting a response out of his players. Because no one really knew that much about him. So I don't know if people knew what to expect. A lot of kind of experts on, on the WSL didn't really know what to expect. And, and he wasn't one of the front runners, I guess, to take over. But it seems like it is kind of falling into place now. And they've got some really good players like Sissoko was in, like, outstanding against Manchester City. And she's a fairly new face. So players like that are obviously kind of um, gelling in the dressing room now. So if they can if they can continue that to next season and, and alongside their manager's plans, then I think it's going to look on the up for West Ham. Isabel, last summer we signed God knows how many players and we lost a lot as well. Should we expect an equally... Tremontula, whatever the word is, equally <laughs> interesting. Though. I what does that go even mean? I have another guy that, Tom. <laughs> I had to try, try to go for it. I saw Will in my screen and I thought, not today. Um, is it, is it going to be an interesting window, basically? Should we see a lot of business done yet again? Yeah, um, so West Ham actually signed a player yesterday, um, Yalop. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, 29-year-old midfielder. I believe she already, she she knows Ollie Harder from his last club, Clep. Um, And um, I'm not actually sure where that club is from. but Australian she is, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, So he obviously knows her well. Um, And... I guess, I guess I guess she's another player that we don't I don't know super well, but I think it's like if he's bringing in players that that he gels with, then that that's good for the side because obviously it's taken him a while to get to grips with some of the players, and obviously we saw players leave kind of not because he came in, but because they were had such a big relationship with Matt Beard that some players didn't kind of like Ollie's style, like Cho, Alicia Lehman, they all kind of left because they were a bit of a mismatch with Ollie. So it's nice that he's brought in a a familiar face and maybe I guess we'll see that. And I guess with the WSL TV deal for next season um, and how competitive and exciting it is, and they actually stayed in the league, that so many players from other leagues are going to be, you know, jumping at the chance to to come over to the English top flight and and play for West Ham. Yeah, that's huge that. I'm really looking forward to that next season with the the WSL on Sky. Yeah, I was I mean obviously West Ham have got a strong Australian contingent anyway, Mackenzie Arnold as you've mentioned, Emily Van Egmond, Tamika Yallop coming into that. So there's hope that you know that them those players will certainly be able to help her settle in fairly quickly and I, I think you're spot on there was there was quite a lot of condemnation when Alicia Lehman left on loan to Everton still yet to be confirmed I believe what she's going to do for next season but it doesn't really seem like she's got a future at West Ham will you expect to see her leave over the summer? Yeah I'd say so I think I think the big thing for Everton is a spot in Europe because obviously the places have extended to three not just two so you know it's more likely for kind of clubs out of that 
that Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City to actually get a spot in Europe now, which is unreal. And, you know, we've got Chelsea in the, the final this year and they could win it in England. This only the second English club to do that. So that's going to really give some players like Alicia Lehman, who could be in champ- playing Champions League football, that kind of hunger to get a spot in Europe. So um, I don't necessarily know if West Ham are in the best position to, to be fighting for a spot in Europe next season. So maybe she's she's going to want to stay at Everton where they've got a great chance. Mm, absolutely. Well, look, you mentioned it there. Ellen White scored for Manchester City at the weekend. Uh, just that narrow 1-0 win. Well, we travel up to Manchester City this weekend in the FA Cup fourth round. That's away Sunday afternoon, 2pm kickoff. Is there any hope? I think we are guilty on the podcast of talking as if, you know, the, the last two games, once relegation was done, two more defeats against Manchester City to get out of the way. And then off to the summer holidays to regroup. Was that perhaps a bit premature in the wrong way to think? Or, or can you see another um, defeat to City at the weekend in the Cup? I think um, Gilly Flaherty was saying this. Like, There's absolutely no reason why West Ham can't get a result out of City now. Because... I don't know. I just think I just think City as a side, they've not gelled at all. They've got a new manager, they've got all these superstars, but they're the prime example of you can have all these amazing players and still not lift a, a, a trophy or, or even win games. And I think West Ham gave them a real run for their money in, in last weekend. If they can carry on doing that, um, then they've, they've got a real shout. And, and over the past two months, I do think West Ham have really kind of fought tooth and nail to to kind of pick up their form and and find some consistency and and fix those defensive fragilities. So I think I think they're in with a shot and it'll be a really exciting game because I loved watching watching last Sunday's game. Mm. What do you reckon, Jonesy? Are we uh, sort, of, sort of owe some apologies to the team for showing a little bit or lack a bit of a lack of faith there? Yeah, maybe. Um so it's a one off game now. Um I don't think anyone's expecting a result and sometimes that kind of works in your favour a little bit, doesn't it? And they've already proven that they can they can pretty much take the take take City to the wire if they if if they have to. And you know, that that ninety minutes against them at the weekend will give them a huge confidence going to that to that cup game. So um yeah, maybe we have been a bit premature, but no, fingers crossed. Mm. Tom, what do you uh what, what... What do you think? Sort of, what do you want to see over the summer? Because it's just such a shame the way the season's played out, isn't it? We were all really confident and looking forward to to backing the team onto something a little bit special this season. You know, Isabel said it when we spoke at the beginning of the season. Sandra, Catherine, all the other guys that we've had on during the season all said the same in the early stages. West Ham should be hoping to be the top of that middle bracket of teams, and it turns out that probably weren't even in the bottom of that really uh ending up coming ninth of course what what do you want to be seeing from from the side over the summer hopefully a bit of stability like i failed to, to use the right word but i just won it in the previous question but um yeah a bit of stability <laughs> the same name sticking around and building on the clean sheets that the girls have got in the last few weeks i think that's the thing we were missing all season um until these last few months which have ultimately kept us up and it is that back four who have kept us up and hopefully work around that and then try and add a striker because I think we've been a bit shy of goals. I know Van Egmond has had her moments this season, but but we have struggled. We've been a bit goal shy. So maybe get a striker in and build around that solid back four who started to start to come through in these last few weeks. 
Mm, absolutely isabel we'd just uh just like to say first of all thanks so much for all the time you've given us on the podcast this season i we give you a bit of a hard time but you've been absolutely brilliant in making our coverage and our uh, reviews of the west Ham women team loads better so we do really appreciate that so uh wanted to just say some nice words to you in amongst all the grilling but it's uh yeah we do hope of course to see you in uh, 15 days time it is now tom I can tell you're excited for it. Uh, just that nice little pub on the river. And I promise we won't give you a hard time about Fulham going down. But what, just before we let you go for the last time this season, what do you expect and what do you think it's reasonable to expect from West Ham for next year? I know that seems like such a way off. Or do you think it all depends on on the activity in the summer? Well, I think, I think it's kind of shown that it doesn't depend on the activity in the summer. I think they've got to do something like Brighton and, and just build and, and, and kind of look to getting a, a kind of record finish in the table if they can. Um, because, as I was saying, City teams like that have got so many brilliant players and not done anything with it. And, and like West Ham, they just need to get that consistency um, from their new manager and gel and be really cohesive and then they've got a shot at, at getting a record finish. But I just think Europe's really unlikely now. Um, we, we all kind of predicted it last season and it, and it didn't happen. So it's more about just being a stable stable side and, and not being relegated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we're looking forward to getting to a few games ourselves. Now fans will be allowed back in. They'll, of course, be on the TV with the new Sky deal. So that will be great as well. We'll see a lot more of West Ham women next season. And fingers crossed, Oli Hard is the man. Bit of stability as his time over the summer to really get his message across. And, uh, and we see bigger and better from the West Ham women next season. Isabel, we hope to see you next season as well. We hope to see you in a couple of weeks in the flesh. You've been absolutely brilliant this year. It's been a pleasure having you on. We are very sorry, I think, that Fulham got relegated. But what are you going to do? Fingers crossed that you'll be back next season. Fingers crossed it will be a big one for West Ham women. Stay with us because we'll have some final thoughts next. So, Isabel Barker there, understandably distraught that her beloved Fulham have gone down and summing up what's been a strange season for the West Ham women. But I think dust ourselves off. We're in there next season. It'll be on Sky. The profile of the game is going to increase massively, which can only be a good thing. New signing, Tamika Yallop as well. Hopefully we can add a few more over the summer. And uh, fingers crossed, all that optimism we had at the beginning of last season we can resettle that and uh, hopefully it comes to something under Oli Harder for the girls next season lads that's it for another week it's been a, a strange one this I mean I've really enjoyed it my confidence has built exponentially for the Brighton game as we've gone through um, we won't do the fantasy Premier League this week because we're middle of a triple game week at the moment all I will say uh, is I did feel for for James Jones. He has been giving it to me for quite a while about. He's breathing down my neck. Um, and I did my team for the first time in three weeks, loaded up with a few Man United players, Captain Bruno Fernandes. It was a triple week and played my bench boost only to look at James Jones's team. And he's played his bench boost and got Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> Absolutely heartbreaking stuff for Jonesy there but um yeah still still time to go I think Tom you're quite adrift at the bottom of our little mini league at the moment Tom Connolly is still smashing it at the top of the We Are West Ham league uh 
James, we'll go to you first. Some final thoughts on the show. You've had a bit of a hard time tonight, so I just want to say, you know, I hope we didn't say anything that upset you too much. I can't apologise on behalf of Martin Allen. I wouldn't dare do such a thing, but uh, certainly on behalf of myself. And um, yeah, I can't can forgive you for not watching the game. And I'm sorry if I made you feel bad about it. Yeah, I feel a bit battered and bruised tonight, <laughs> actually, to be fair. Um, I can't wait to get a lot of pints down me on that at the end of season bash. Um, <laughs> but But yeah... We uh, we go again, don't we? I know it's I know it's my first cliche out of the week as well. Mm. I had to get one in. You haven't um, had time, have you? Doesn't have time from all angles. To <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's we pretty be honest, don't we? And we do go again. Um the Everton game, as David Moyes said, and I don't I know I didn't, I didn't mention it earlier, but it's one of those games where literally nothing went our way. You know, when uh Sue fell at the post, I think Bo, it was Bowen that couldn't mm. quite get hold of the rebound. We had a very similar situation when we beat Wolves earlier this season where I think Fournau's at the post and Bowen slotted on the rebound nicely. Very, very similar situation. And it fell for us that night. It didn't fall for us on Sunday. Um, but we've got three games to put it right. Obviously, Leicester winning. Old Trafford means the top four is very, very unlikely now. Um, but we've just got to make sure that we that we end the season with three wins and, and secure top six. I think that's all we can ask now, really. And um, look forward to some kind of European competition next season. Yeah, absolutely, man. I've said, I think we said in one of the breaks tonight, Martin Allen's right, really. I would have snapped your hand off for the lowest ranked European qualifying places. I would have snapped your hand off, Tom, if we'd have got in on the old fair play league again. Honestly, I I just think I've been gagging for it for so long. It was one of the most disappointing things of the modern era of West Ham's recent history was just fluffing it in those two times we got in the Europa League against poor opposition you know that especially the most recent time that we got done by Astra Girigu and you know we would have had a group game against Roma and can you imagine that West Ham away end at Roma I mean what a night that would have been that's sort of the stuff you remember forever and so you know the channel the top four thing is disappointing it is disappointing and I mean it's not completely dead weirder things have happened in the world haven't they teams have lost games Liverpool have hardly been shining lights this year I know they're improving recently but it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we still do it it's not completely dead in the water it does seem a bit of mountain to climb now because I think James correct me if I'm wrong Leicester have beaten Manchester United 2-1 haven't they Old Trafford yeah so they've won so now they go above Chelsea again so I think the gap's now six points yeah so it's not great yeah especially with our goal difference as well Leicester have still got some uh, some tricky games coming up, but it's not not ideal. Tom, just some just some final thoughts uh, on the show tonight, and and looking ahead to these last three big big games of the season. Yeah, as always, mate. It's it's been a, it's very enjoyable. Class to get Martin on, and um, yeah, I'm with you. Top top six, top seven will be an unbelievable season when we look back in it. But I'm very much of the thought process that top six would just be lovely. It would be nice to actually upset the elite in a season when they tried to do what they did and be one of the guys ruffling feathers up there. So I pray that we hang on to that. Because like you say, in the Europa League, the types of draws we can get, I think Juventus might even be in there. So imagine a boys trip with Martin Allen to Juventus in the Europa League. It sounds pretty good to me. So fingers crossed, we we see over the line. It, It is in our hands, the top six. And I know we said that about top four points this season, but with the last teams we got, feel like we can do it. Just pray for a bit of positivity and something to go right this weekend. 
Exactly, man. I think that's that's what we've got to do, and that's how we'll try and end this week's podcast. Just a reminder: do follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. We're on Instagram as well, and this whole show, if you want to watch it from beginning to end, goes up on YouTube. Tom does that. Jonesy clips up the individual segments as well. So if you want to recap, or some weeks you just like. Uh, one of the little bits more than others, then you can uh, you head on over to our YouTube and the link to our channel is in the description to this podcast. Do give us a review, five stars on, on iTunes and write some nice words wherever you listen and tell your mates about us. We haven't said that one for a while. So if you like what we're doing and you know someone else who you think might like to listen, then uh, just fire them a text, hit the share button and uh, fire them a link, tell them to subscribe and give it a listen. Just like to say, a uh, reminder again, of course, that this week's episode is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk and you can win a signed Paolo Di Canio shirt in this week's draw. Tickets are just £4.95 each. They only sell 99 so head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to enter with those guys or you can find details of their competitions on our Twitter at we are underscore West Ham as well. Don't forget you can buy us a beer and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. But that's it for another week, boys. We lost to Everton, but we dust ourselves down and we go again. We move, so to speak. Three games left. We're still in the hunt. It's not over yet. Don't worry about it, boys. Keep the faith, everyone. Thanks for listening. Up the hammers, and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Podcast Network.